Friends, our gospel lesson this morning comes to us from Matthew's gospel, the 13th chapter, verses 1 through 9, as has been mentioned, the parable of the sower. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Let the church hear what the Spirit is saying. Amen. Friends, I would invite you to pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Many years ago, um, I had a, a parishioner of mine tell me a story, uh, a story that occurred on one of the back roads in San Diego County. This is one of those roads where the traffic pattern changed and two lanes came down to one lane. Well, there was that point at merger and you know, you've been there before, right? Whose turn is it really to go? Well, something went, went a little haywire in that nonverbal communication. And the, the, not the person who's telling me the story, but the, the person that they refer to, um, well, let's just say they made an unfriendly gesture to the person telling me the story <laughs> because they felt aggrieved. And the person shared this story with me. Well, and so here was, the, here was the little wrinkle in it. The person that was telling me the story recognized the person who made the gesture because they were both members of the same church. Imagine that. The person who received the gesture recognized that they were members of the same church. The person who gave the gesture did not. So what are we to make of something like this? Okay, what are we to make? Does the, the fact that, uh, that the person who made the gesture in this moment made what would be a very unkind gesture, did that mean that they were a horrible person? What about the person who came and shared with me the story? Did they share it with me because they felt particularly aggrieved? Did they feel thin-skinned? Were they angry? Did they expect me to do something to solve their problem? Which in some respects is just as problematic as being a horrible person. Or maybe there's something else going on here. Maybe they were just having a bad day that they weren't horrible people, and of course I knew both people, and no, they weren't horrible people. 
Sometimes it's a little prickly. They're known to be that. But not bad people. But even good people having a bad day, a bad moment, can get caught in impulse and reaction. And hurtful things can come from it. Hurtful things can come, but it's not a reflection on who they are as people. You know, over the, and this, this story was told to me probably 25 years ago, plus or minus. And this story still is very fresh in my mind because it's a, it's a source of reflection at, at just in my own life as I look at, at, at who I am as a person, but also the people that I'm privileged to be in ministry with on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. You know, how do I see and reflect with and understand and relate to people who may be having a bad day? Or maybe feeling stressed. Maybe feeling they're just feeling beaten down. Maybe they're carrying burdens that are just too much for them to bear. I mean, what happens if I, as their pastor, judge them on their worst day? This story reminds me of a truth that is easily overlooked, particularly as Scripture is often, is often interpreted. God does not judge us on our worst day. Say, thank you, God. Right? God does not judge us on our worst day. Instead, God is a part of who we are, bringing healing and hope and renewal every day into our lives. And this this. As, as this story that I shared with you uh, mixes with this promise of God, it has given me over the course of many years new insight into the text that we have shared with you, the parable of the sower. I think that there is more to this text than we often get it, give it credit. And a lot of that has to do with ways that the text has been interpreted in the past. You know, there have been times in the, in the life of the church for 2,000 years where there has been more concern about who's in and who's out, who's worthy and who's not, who rates, who doesn't, who belongs, and who doesn't. Because it's easy to do that. It's safer to do that. Because then we don't have to deal with those people, hmm? right? You know, who, you know who those people are, right? You know, those people. But I think that if we allow ourselves to live in that very limited interpretation to say that there are people who are inherently good soil, we welcome those, we want those folk in, and there are people who are just so beaten down as to be not really worth our time. Or they, they, they carry heavy burdens and they're just high maintenance. And then there's the thorny people, right? You know thorny people? You know people that are just, ooh, you know the cold prickly types that you don't want to get too close lest you get, lest you get poked. 
But I think Jesus is trying to teach us something else in this parable, something that is deeper, something that is more challenging to us. And yet, even though it is deeper, even though it is more challenging, it breaks open the human experience in ways that make more space for grace. Because if we really get into it, the reality is that we are all those people at different times in our life. We are sometimes beaten down by our experiences in the world. For people who have known mental illness, depression, people who have experienced poverty or homelessness, people who have experienced either with themselves or a loved one uh, issues around addiction, it is easy to feel just trampled upon and beaten down where there's no hope. Sometimes in our life we have burdens. We have burdens. We, there are rocks and stones and debris in our life and sometimes it's just too hard to pick it out. And thorny, there are times when we all harbor attitudes and act in ways that are thorny, that create separation between us and others. As much as we'd like to deny it, we all have our moments. I'll be the first to raise my hand where we are thorny toward one another, but we are also good soil because we all have the capacity, even though sometimes we feel trampled, even though sometimes we're thorny, even though sometimes we're rocky, we still have in our life the capacity to express grace and hope and healing to people around us. We can be a good soil that brings about the harvest of God's grace and mercy for all of creation. We all have that capacity. And I think that Jesus shares this story as a way of giving us a, a, a realistic but grace-filled view of not only who we are, but who we can be, who we can become. You know, and the, 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 the story sometimes gets, and I love the way Todd did the video, the story sometimes gets lost, the, the, the sower. I mean, what is the sower thinking? Has this person absolutely lost their mind? Because anybody that is, comes from farm country knows that seed is precious and you don't waste seed on ground that's not going to produce. But see, God, has, God sees us differently. God sees that even when we feel beaten down or thorny or rocky, that there is still the capacity with a little bit of tilling, a little bit of water, a little bit of fertilizer, sometimes a lot of fertilizer, something can grow, right? When Sally and I uh, moved to 
uh, Murrieta in 2000, we bought a brand new house. First time we'd ever bought a brand new house. And if you bought a brand new house in some of these mega subdivisions, you know that the curb appeal, you walk up, the front yard is immaculate that the sprinklers are working, and it's just gorgeous, and it's green, and it's lovely until you walk into the backyard. Have you ever had that experience? You walk into the backyard of a brand new house, what do you, you find a, a, a slide zone. It's a disaster. You find rocks, and, and, and if you've got a tile roof, pieces of tile, and nails, and cans, and broken glass, and all manner of things, and it is just beaten down. It took us nine weeks of rototilling and throwing in gypsum and throwing in peat moss to make the soil fit to sod. Oh, it was hard work. Remember, I thought, oh, yeah, we'll get it done in a week or two and it'll be... No. But that's, see, that's how God sees us. The ability, even in the midst of a construction disaster... God sees within us a capacity to grow, a capacity to bring that abundant harvest into the world. And the abundant harvest is life. It is new life. It is resurrection. It is healing. It is hope. It is restoration. It is possibility. That's what God sees. And when we work with God, through prayer, through worship, through study, through service, through fellowship, through sitting and listening to people in need, that abundant harvest can come in us and through us to the world. And it's the harvest that God is interested in. And the sower, in Jesus' telling of the story, does not privilege or prejudice any plot of soil. Doesn't privilege or prejudice whether they're beaten down or rocky or thorny or fertile. Because God sees the possibility of fertile soil and an abundant harvest in all of us. In all of us. And this harvest is an expression of something that this congregation already knows and expresses. You know another way to, to, to understand this harvest? You know it. If you remember it, say it with me. It is good news. Huh? Yeah? It is great joy for, for all people. This harvest is good news, it is great joy, and it is for all people. And this is what this, and this is why I wanted to share this parable with you in my first sermon with you, is to give you this image and this possibility and this hope to see this story and to see what God is about in a different way. And here's the last piece. Here's the last piece of it. You see, it's not just about my little plot of soil over here. I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing okay, you know, for an old guy. I'm doing okay. But see, it's not just about what God does in me and not just about what God does through me because my little plot of faith in humanity does not exist in a vacuum. 
my little plot of faith in humanity is right next to yours, and yours is right next to yours, and next to yours, and we are adjacent with one another. This is not just about the gardening that we do in a vacuum in our own life. It is an exercise in community gardening. Because there are times when you or I, you have rocks in your little plot of garden that you can't lift on your own. So if you can't lift them on your own, how do you get them out? We garden together. We garden, certainly, within this community of faith. But remember, all people is just not all people present here on a Sunday morning. All people is about out there. Because the neighbors that you have in this community, they're looking for the same thing that you have found in this space. And if you don't share with them good news, great joy, for that part of all people, then who's going to? Who's going to help that neighbor in need garden their plot if we as Christ followers aren't willing to do it? I don't know about you, but my thumbs are greener than they used to be. Let's just put it that way. I used to not be able to keep plants alive to save my life, but I had people that taught me. And it took time, but I got there. Friends, we can do this work. You have a, excuse me, I said that wrong. That came out totally wrong. Because the truth of the matter is, you already have been doing this work. It's not like I'm asking you to do something you haven't already done. I think what I'm saying is I am excited to be here, to pitch in, to bring my shovel, to bring my gloves, to bring my watering can, and to do this work, to garden this community with you. And I'm grateful. Friends, as I leave you, I create a little, little space, a, a moment of silence. And rather than me praying um, for you, I would simply ask you this question and give you a moment to reflect on it. Where are the places in your life that you might be feeling beaten down or beaten up? Where are the places in your life where there are still attitudes that are a little thorny, a little prickly? Where might there be burdens that you need help carrying? And how might you be willing to assist in all of that with your neighbor in this space and in the world?